everyone, Justin here with Hunt Link by Serviceye. On the mic today, we have a longtime Serviceye member. Carter has been in for many years, I think probably even longer than me. Um, but we have him on the mic. We're going to talk a little bit about um, his company, Habit Outdoors. Um, but what is going on, Carter? Uh, not much. Just pumped to be on here, Justin. Awesome, man. So Carter Lovin there, Habit Outdoors. Um, so Carter, kind of how we start these episodes, you know, this is the first time you've been on here. Um, so let's get to know you a little bit here. Um, let's start off with how did you get into hunting? Um, I, I got into hunting at a, at a really young age. I mean, probably six or seven years old. I'm mostly from like a lot of people through, through a grandpa. Um, my grandpa's a big hunter. He's a big archery hunter, so he always had me shooting the the traditional bows um, at a really young age, and and he would take me out hunting with him. I mean, I, it was hunting in my eyes, but I think it was just he liked getting outside and walking around the woods. So, all right, to me, it was hunting. To him, maybe not so much, but then also with my dad, you know, he would take me out hunting when I was really young too. He would. I, I notice now that I'm older, he, he would never carry a weapon. Um, I would be, I would be the one carrying the weapon. My weapon was a BB gun, but when him and I would go hunting, it was, all right, let's, let's find these deer. I want to get a shot at this deer. And at the time I figured, yep, if I get a shot, I'm going to take it. But now obviously you can't, <laughs> you're not going to take a deer with a BB gun. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just, for me, it was just getting out in the woods and, from the very first time out in the woods, I just absolutely fell in love with it. And from then on, it's like, this is going to be my entire life un until I'm long gone. So. So Carter, um, you've been in service side for a really long time. Um, you know, I, uh, I, like I said, me and you have talked for on and off for, for many years now. And, and for those that don't know, Carter's out of, uh, Minnesota, um, but what would you say now and, you know, in your adulthood is, is the type of hunting you typically do and enjoy? Um, that's, that's kind of a tough question. Cause every year I, I, when it comes to deer hunting, that's my entire life. I mean, I get off work any, I mean, if I can go sit in the stand for an hour, I'm on the stand or if I, you know, I, I know I don't have enough time to sit down and hunt. I got boots on the ground and I'm walking public land. I'm checking cameras. I'm I'm moving cameras. I'm looking for deer sign. But then, you know, when when deer hunting ends, winter starts, there's not, you know, there's not a whole lot to hunt. I mean, you can hunt coyotes around here, but I'm not a big predator hunting guy. And then when spring hits, like now turkey hunting starts. And so now turkey hunting is my favorite thing. So between deer hunting and turkey hunting are probably my, my two main niches. I I just, I love them both. Well, you guys definitely grow them up there. That's for sure. I, uh, I've seen some freaking monsters. I don't think I've seen as many this year, at least not socially. Um, but I know last year I was seeing some freaking tanks on public land hitting the dirt. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people uh, don't necessarily think Minnesota is a spot that they want to go to for a huge buck. But we got a lot of big deer around here. Yeah, I'm um, sure it's like anything else. I mean, you know, when I was yeah. there, I was not expecting it. I don't know what I was expecting, to be honest with you, but I was not expecting the type of terrain 
I guess that I got to experience there. Not that it was difficult or anything. I just visually, I wasn't expecting like it, it almost reminded me of kind of Ohio a little bit. It was, you know, we, where I was, it was just rolling Hills. So. Yeah. I mean, we got the terrain varies so much from, from the Northern part of the state to the Southern part of the state. I mean, I, I'm part of a hunting camp up by uh, international falls. So by the Canadian border and that's, that's a lot of Hills, but it's a lot of, you know, there's some, uh, rocky outcrops and a lot of pines and everything but then the further down you come in the state now around where i'm at uh in central minnesota there's a lot of a lot of hardwoods i mean that's we have a ton of maples oaks you know trees like that and then the further south you get um even just you know an hour south of me now you don't run into a whole lot of of hardwoods it's a lot of ag fields and just open and prairies in a way and then you get down to the southern part of state now you're getting into the big rolling hills of hardwood so we kind of have a little bit of everything in minnesota yeah it definitely seemed like but beautiful state love being there um you know i definitely thought you know we were talking before we jumped on this podcast i definitely felt that the license fees and i mean there was some of them that were a few you know up there obviously your big game and stuff but i was mainly up there waterfowl and small game hunting so it was very affordable and wasn't too bad i thought you know costs were fair um i'm in florida so costs are extremely high i mean nothing like new york but Mm -hmm. um definitely definitely thought it was great but great state man um so carter let's jump into let's jump into habit outdoors tell us what is it what are you guys about and uh, what kind of do you have going on right now? Uh, yeah, the Habit Outdoors, uh, me and my buddy Jesse started that and we officially started in 2017, but we were kind of racking around the idea right after we graduated high school. So we, we both graduated high school in uh, 2016 and the summer between um, 16 and 17, it's like we were fishing one day and we were talking about, you know, the opportunities we had as kids growing up in the outdoors hunting and fishing and the knowledge and experiences we've gained purely from the outdoors and there's you know again getting talking about it there's there's some kids that don't have that the opportunities that we did who would love to get into the outdoors and you know we I mean obviously there's other youth organizations out there but there's not really one that is in our area so we thought why why can't we start one in the area? You know, we don't have to make it as big as, as some of these other ones we have, like fishing for life is a, is a big one in Minnesota. We don't necessarily have to make it that big, but just, you know, be an outlet for the kids who want to get involved and learn about the outdoors. So, so that's kind of how the ball started rolling. And so, yeah, the Habit Outdoors is a youth organization that we had started um, that focuses on, on getting kids in the outdoors and teaching about hunting, fishing, and uh, wildlife management. Nice, nice, man. Um, and what kind of age, what, what are ages are we looking like here? Are you guys, you know, all ages, or do you have a specific, specific age? Um, we try to keep it, you know, our cap at 15 years old because, you know, around here, six, once you hit 16, you got your license, your buddies have your license, oh, gotcha. you're able to go out and do things on your own if you want to go fishing you jump in your own vehicle and go fishing so we kind of try to cater to 15 and under okay and i mean have you been getting a pretty good turnout for this or are you guys still kind of just getting the wheels rolling um it it depends on what what we have going like 
So we are currently in the middle of our first annual Outdoorsman of the Year contest. And for the first year, we have 30 kids signed up from central Minnesota down to the northern part of the Twin Cities. And we had, once the contest got going, we kind of, you know, we put a, a stop on how many more kids we could get signed up so we could actually get the contest going because we had probably another dozen kids wanting to sign up as the contest was going. Oh. And you don't really want to turn them away, but we also want to try to get this contest going because if we started adding more kids every time, we'd never be able to get this thing going. Right. So we, we had to, okay, no, you, unfortunately you guys are just going to have to wait till next year. So we're expecting more kids to get involved, especially in this contest um, as the years to come. Nice, man. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's definitely something that is needed um, in the outdoor industry. I mean, I, I know that there are companies out there and I've seen a lot of great ones. I know when, where I was growing up, we had, um, you know, they did the Jake's event or whatever. Uh, so they had that going on and they were very kid oriented. They had the, you know, they always, they always went all out, you know, it was always great. Um, you always learned a lot and, you know, I'm very blessed to have that because being where I'm at now, I don't, I don't see a lot of it. Um, you know, we do things obviously within our circle, our service side circle down here, but, um, all in all, there's really only one huge event that they have, and it's not really catered so much to the education. It's more of an event. It's a squirrel hunting competition, but mm-hmm. you only get a day of learning and, and stuff like that. You don't really have a ton of mentors unless you build rapport and stuff like that. And, and some younger kids do it and parents and stuff, but it's not a huge, I don't think, top of mind thing. So I do love that. I don't think that there that's something where we can have too much of. Um, you know, the the future of hunting does rely on children and, you know, it's, it's cliche as it may sound like that's that's the fact of it you know if we don't we don't teach these kids stuff and we don't get them interested um you know there won't be anything for when we're older when we're in our 50s 60s 70s and we actually can start hunting and enjoying it a little more than than having to juggle it with work and family and stuff um you know i picture myself 60 years old being able to sit in the woods all day and not have to worry about getting home or picking the kid up from school uh from babysitter or anything. So, um, definitely sounds great. So let's talk about kind of, I guess your range, how, how far are you guys taking applications? Are you, are you still pretty local, like within an hour or? Um, we're, we're still pretty, I mean, obviously we would like to expand further out, but as of right now, we're pretty local. Um, actually I, oh, I think it was towards the end of last year. I, me and my, my buddy, Jesse, we kind of had a conversation because he, with his job, he doesn't have a lot of free time to to help out with this. So him and I had the conversation. I'm, I kind of took everything over myself and trying to balance doing this organization plus, plus my job, um, plus some of my interests. And now I'm expecting my first kid at the, at the start of the fall this year. So there's a lot of things I'm trying to balance out. So right now we're mostly local, but you know, if, if someone from further out wants to join, I mean, we're not going to turn anybody down. I mean, the more kids who want to get involved, the better. Um, it's just, it's, it's tough to expand out with, with one person. Um, I mean, if you, if you get what I mean, it's to tr- to try to, you know, the more kids you take on, the harder it's going to be to keep everything organized with one person. 
Yeah, no, it really is, man. I, I totally get that. Um, you know, there's, uh, I definitely get that, man. I've, I've been that, been that guy many times in my lifetime and it's definitely, uh, as much as you want to do and, and uphold the quality is always the biggest thing and, and making sure you have the right people in and, and everything's going the way you want. But it sounds like, I mean, you have the right mindset with it as you know, you're not letting your, your, uh, cart get before your horse here. Now, um, as far as expanding, I mean, what are you, are you looking on, you know, are you just going to continue to, I guess, how are you guys driving revenue? Are you doing like sponsors or is it just like, kind of like how sports are where the family's kind of throw a little bit of, you know, money in the pot and, and Yeah. And stuff, so or... for, for some of the, the events that we put on when we kind of got started, you know, we had, we had a ton of outlets we could go to for donations. Um, our, our local Lions Club, I think, for our first event, donated $1,000. Um, our local Sportsman's Club donated $1,500. So we've had a lot of businesses and, and just individuals whose kids aren't even involved have come forth and say, how, and I would like to donate, you know, X amount, which is huge. Um, so it's, that's money that isn't going to have to come out of, of my pocket because right now, we aren't, I mean, we're recognized by the state of Minnesota, but we don't have like our 501c3 or anything like that. So all the money that is getting used at these events, all the prizes we get, anything that we have to buy to put these events on is from donations and is out of my pocket. And I, I have absolutely zero issue, you know, shelling any of my money towards it because now I'm, I'm able to give this kid an experience that he might not have gotten. Right. No, and for sure. to me, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing is if I, if I can put a smile on that kid's face and get him hooked into something other than, than, than video games, which is a giant issue right now. Um, that, that is everything to me. Now, what, what kind of topics are, I guess, what would you say is the focus right now of, of things you're teaching these kids? Um, right now it's, it's it's really hunting um and the biggest thing we i try to teach these kids um the last couple of years we started doing turkey hunts um and the first year i had i had 13 kids to take out by myself and of course with kids during during the springtime they're still in school so you only got the weekend so there was a lot of times i was i had one kid saturday morning a different kid saturday afternoon then another kid sunday morning then another kid sunday afternoon and of course, you know, these kids, a lot of them, it's their first time. Okay. We are going to go out. We are hundred percent going to shoot this Turkey. We're going to be successful. And the first thing I tell them when we, when we get out of the vehicle is I, I think we have a good chance of being successful, but that's not the main purpose. I mean, we're not just going to walk out there and, and harvest this game and be done with it. I mean, there's going to be times where you're, you're not going to be successful, like anything in life. I mean, you're, you're going to get bad news once in a while. So you got to learn to take it in the chin and, okay, what do I got to, what do I got to do differently next time to be successful? You know, you always got to be trying to get better and improve and learn. So that, that essentially is, I would say the main, the main goal with the habit outdoors is teaching these kids that, you know, if you, even though you're not successful the first time, doesn't mean you give up that, Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't shoot this turkey. I didn't catch this fish. You know, we got skunk deer hunting. You, you learn from it. You figure, okay, what do we got to do differently? And, and 
put that towards the next hunt, like anything in life, you know, like I said, you're not gonna, you're not going to be successful every time at everything, but you gotta, you gotta learn from it and you gotta, you gotta work. I mean, you know, and, and, and it's great that you're focusing on that because, you know, I, I call a spade a spade, you know, with, with the way things are now, at least the way it's portrayed. And, and I mean, I'm in the system all day, every day. So I, I see it a lot and it definitely, I feel like expectations are not set correct um, with hunting. And I think that's a huge, um, going to be a huge issue. It may not be a huge, huge issue now. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I couldn't, you know, throw stats at you, but, um, I do think in the future, it's going to be a huge issue with, um, children not having that expectation of, well, my buddy killed 147 inch deer, you know, at, you know, 15 years old. And, um, you know, he's got it on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or wherever it's on Snapchat. And, I want to do that. I didn't do that the first time. So there's no point in me when I'm 16 buying my license. And then, you know, then they go the their whole eight, you know, teens and twenties without hunting. And then maybe they'll get back into it in their thirties or forties. Um, I've seen that before. I don't see it often. Um, but I talked to a lot of people that get back into hunting in their thirties. Like, yeah, I did it as a kid, but you know, we never seen deer, or, you know, I didn't kill anything or, you know, whatever. My dad yelled at me the whole time, <laughs> whatever. But, um, it definitely, I definitely think that that's an issue that I think in the future is going to be, you know, it's great. You're kind of putting the brake on that because, um, setting that expectation is huge. We have our hunt link program here at service side and that's one thing. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or an adult, you know, setting that expectation is huge because if that person doesn't want to wake up on their Saturday to come with you or it's not for them, it's better to figure it out now, um, than, you know, taken away from the resources and taken away from, from license fees. I'd rather someone figure out hunting is not for them at a young age, like my father did, um, instead of, you know, maybe killing a really nice deer or something and then being like, Oh, okay, I'm done. And then calling it yeah. quits and conservation really doesn't win with that. Like, yeah, that's a great moment for them. And I don't want to take that away from anyone, but you know, if someone kills a 150 inch deer at 15 and then they don't want to hunt anymore the rest of their life i don't feel that's a win for conservation on any level so mm -hmm. yeah and and you know i i gotta thank my dad on this one because there's there was plenty of times that him and i would go out hunting and we wouldn't see anything or we would see we would see deer but we wouldn't be able to get a shot and and there there wasn't a single time where I could, I could notice that he was discouraged. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it didn't work this time, but Hey, next time, you know, maybe tomorrow morning it'll be better. Or, you know, there was, there was never any doubt that, or, or displeasure that we didn't see anything. I mean, obviously, you know, you knew in your mind that he was a little bit bummed out. We didn't see anything. Cause, cause obviously, you know, he, he wanted me to get a shot at something and it didn't work out, but, you know, I didn't see any of that in, in his eyes. So to me, it's like, okay, that, that kept my morale boosted, you know, okay, we didn't get it this time, but next time we will, you know, yeah. okay, next time we didn't, but you know, there's always, there's always next time, you know, it, you don't see something that's not the end of the world. I mean, it's, it's going to happen eventually, you know, and, and now when I do a lot of hunting, hunting just for myself, and even sometimes with the kids, if we don't see a turkey, you know, I'll, I'll run back in my head, you know, did we get out too late? Did we, did we take a bad way into the blind? Did we, did we not hide ourselves very much? No, did I, 
did I not call correctly or something? Like, you know, I, you know, I'm always running these scenarios on why it didn't work in my head. And I try to teach that to these kids. You know, if we don't see anything, I'll hunt. I try to make sure that they are still getting something, you know, getting some knowledge out of these hunts. You know, I'll ask them, you know, why, why do you think we didn't see anything and, and see what their response is? And a lot of times, I mean, they're, they, they come back to me with another question, you know, is it because of this? Is it because of that? It's like, well, it could have been, I mean, there's a lot of factors that could have played into why it didn't work this time. But next time, I think if we do this instead, it'll work. And then just, just even saying that, you know, reignites that fire. Okay. Next time. Yep. We'll try that next time. So now they're, they're pumped for the next hunt. So it's never, you know, I think we, you know, we just got beat. There's no turkeys here. So then, you know, all that negative stuff, in their minds like well this isn't fun because it's it's not ever going to work right. so you with kids especially you got to try to always be making things you know you know, got to turn negatives into positives you know there's never there's never a bad hunt you know you you either you're either successful or you learn from something so well it definitely says you're doing it the right way man and you know i'm i'm definitely thankful especially in my older years being taught the same way as you was, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's okay. You know, yes, it, it, you can't, you know, emotions are emotions. Yes. It does suck sometimes, you know, it, it, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that isn't even the question, you know, it obviously we're all out there for that reason. So, you know, when it doesn't happen there, there is that, uh, um, you know, sadness that comes about with it, but also that's the way hunting is. If it wasn't like that, they would just call it killing, um, yep. and, and it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a fair chase type thing. So, um, you know, or a blood sport, but setting that expectation is huge, man. It, you know, you're going to get a lot of kids. Now, do you have, as far as like your turnaround, I know you guys just kind of started this, but this was a question I was thinking of. Do you have many kids that, that do kind of like quote unquote bail out of it or it's not for them or have you had a pretty good uh, response so far? We've had a pretty good response. I mean, the first the first year I started taking kids out turkey hunting, you know, and I, and I talk about the turkey hunting thing um, more more than the other stuff that we do because that's kind of our our biggest thing right now. I mean, obviously, I would like to take more kids deer hunting, but um, there's there's already a ton of people in this area that deer hunt, so they have an aunt, they have an uncle, or they have a dad or grandpa that takes them out, but not a lot of people turkey hunt, so that's why I. I'm always going back to the turkey hunts. Um, we've had, I've had a couple kids, you know, come out one time and right from the get go, they kind of, you know, were not real interested, but they wanted to give it a shot. And by the time the next season came around, you know, you, you reach out to the parents of these kids who hunted with you previously and ask, you know, would they be interested in going again? And you might say, yep, they're super pumped when, when, can you get them out or they must like, yeah, they're, they're really not interested. I mean, and it is what it is. I mean, you got to try, you got to try almost anything once to see if that's something that you want to pursue or not. And I actually have a kid who's, who signed up for the third year in a row and he's super pumped. His dad got in touch with me a couple months ago and said, Hey, are you planning on taking kids turkey hunting again this year? And he said, if so, when I said, well, I said, I, I, I do plan on it, but I, I said, we got a couple of months to get some things figured out first, but I said, when it, when it comes around, I will definitely get in touch with you. So I, I enjoy when kids are constantly coming back. Cause that means I, I left a good enough impact that for one, they want to keep hunting and two, they want to hunt with me again. And that makes me feel good. 
Yeah, no, it definitely does. I mean, get getting them in. I mean, it that's the that's the goal. And turkey, I feel like turkey hunting's a a good basis. And now, do you guys fish and stuff too, or is it just primarily hunting? I know I had asked that question before, and we kind of uh, went down a different path there. But um, when I when I had asked, like, what kind of were you teaching? then that's kind of what I meant, I guess, more in detail of like, are you, you know, when you take them turkey hunting, obviously it sounds like you're kind of just kind of doing like a trial and error, like, okay, we were out, this is what happened, um, you know, these are the pros, these are the cons, whatever, um, and you kind mm -hmm. of assess it. Do you do you also do like fishing trips or small game hunts or anything like that? Um, We've tried, we've tried doing some a fishing event this past summer. Um, We had, we had, we had taken out one kid and the whole week the forecast was looking great and then come the saturday when when me and my buddy took this kid out fishing it was supposed to get real nasty um just a bad bad storm and it's like well we can see if we can get a couple hours in i know i know of a lake close that i've had a lot of success on just you know fishing for sunnies and fishing for crappies and that to me that's always a good thing to start start kids on is you know the small pan fish like that because they're typically pretty easy to catch um and so we went out and we were maybe out for 45 minutes and you could see the clouds and the rain coming across the lake so i asked the kid i said do you want to you know head in now and and maybe plan for another weekend will this work or i said we can ride it out as long as we possibly can i said let's let's ride it out i'm not ready to be done yet Okay, so we we sat in the boat and we could see the rain, you know, racing across the lake, getting closer and closer. And you know, looking at him, and he's he's talking away on on the new rod he got and and what he likes to fish more, and 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 asking a thousand questions. And while he's doing this, you know, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at my buddy. It's like, do we pull the plug or do we, you know, as the rain is still getting closer and closer every second, and Nope, he kept fishing, threw out another line, reeling in. I mean, he was casting nonstop. And finally, I mean, we're getting absolutely downpoured. And I looked at him, I said, I said, what do you want to do? I said, we're getting soaked. Do you want to keep fishing a little longer? But I said, as soon as we see lightning or thunder, I said, we got to get out of here. And he's like, well, we're already wet. We might as well ride it out. So we fished for probably another half hour in an absolute downpour. And he had a smile on his face the entire time. And that one clap of thunder and we got out of there, brought him back to his house. He said, he said, what are you doing next weekend? I said, well, I said, I got, I have prior engagements the following weekend, but he, yeah, the rain never stopped him. And I, and this summer I plan on, on getting a few more kids out, but it's, it's tough with kids in the summertime because you know, especially the older they get, you know, you get to that junior high age that, you know, the 13, 14 year olds that are involved, you know, they got summer baseball, they got summer basketball, you know, you got football season coming around, you got, you got football camps that they're going to. So it's, it's tough in the summertime to try to find dates that are going to work. And then you also have family vacation. So right. fishing is something that we'd like to get more involved in, but it's super tough to try to plan around because summertime is always super busy anyway so it's tough 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, this is something you guys are just starting out. So, obviously, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, it's just trial and error. I mean, you just, these are the times that are good. Um, it's just like with any business or any, any other type of organization, you know, it's, you know, some things are more seasonal, um, you know, and, and other things, you know, you're able to do, you know, different things. I know, you know, especially that age group, you know, like you said, sports and all that other stuff, it's, it's definitely hard, but. Um, now are you, it sounds like you're doing pretty much just like one-on-one experiences. Yeah. Awesome. I like, I like that aspect, man. I like the one-on-one experience because you're able to put more focus into them. And I mean, a kid like that, that's fishing and all that, that rain and stuff and still doing it. He'll be a good one. That's definitely one. I feel like you'll have to get out again. Yeah. He, I've actually taken him, I've taken him deer hunting, um, one time and that, that was a fun experience, but it was a little tough because, I mean, he was, I think he was just now legal to hunt. So he, in Minnesota, he was 12 years old and it might be the same throughout the rest of the country. It, it might not, but in Minnesota, I know it's, it's 12 years old. And I think it was two years ago, I took him um, shotgun hunting for deer and, you know, he's, he's deer hunted, before, I think a couple times before with his dad. Um, but we we get out as a i think is a funny story it, it's it's a little bit of a frustrating story but that's that's part of it you know sometimes when you're hunting with kids but we get out right. we get out to the spot and the blind we had set up was just on the back side of this cornfield right off the road and i told him okay as soon as we when we get out i said we got to be we got to be quiet because i said there could be deer in this cornfield right now I said yeah okay okay so I get out, I, I shut my door gently and he gets out and he, he shuts his door really hard. And I told him, I said, you got it, you know, just be careful. You got to shut the door quiet. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So then he, he goes to the back, grabs his, his gun case out and then shuts the back door hard again. And, and I told him, I said, you, you know, we got to be careful. We got to be really, really quiet. Cause I said, there could be deer in this cornfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was my bad. I forgot. I forgot. And then, you know, started walking out there and he's he's talking the whole time. And I told him, it's like, okay, you can talk, but we got to whisper. Okay, we got to whisper. So finally, we get out to the blind. Um, we get in the blind. He's like, can I take the gun out of the case? And I said, yep, take the gun out, you know, get get the shells ready. And and we got, I have uh. uh what am I trying to think of here? I got a tripod for the gun that, you know, it just locks into place. So we're sitting there. He's, he's still talking away. And I told him, it's like, you got to whisper. I said, we got to be really, really quiet. And he's, I mean, talking my ear off. And finally he, he's like, can I, is it okay if I go on my phone? I'm like, yep, that's, that's okay. So he goes and plays on his phone. And then he was playing a football game, and then he started commentating the whole time. The entire entire game, every pass he made, run, everything, he was commentating it. And and finally we had we actually had a couple deer come out of the swamp. And he he puts his phone down, gets ready, is like, Yeah, can I shoot him? I'm like, Nope, not yet. Wait for him, wait for him to come across the fence line, wait for him to come closer. They were probably hundred yards away. And say they were coming in, coming in, coming in. They where typically they were, they would have came down the, um, the field road right, right to us, but they jumped across the creek and got into the cornfield and they sat there until dark 
And he said, oh, that's kind of a bummer. I wish they would have came close. I said, yeah, but that happens sometimes. Like, yeah, next time they might come out. And so just right then, and it's like, okay, at least, you know, again, like we had talked about before, he learned something, you know, it's not always about finding success. And he wasn't, he wasn't bummed out that we didn't, we didn't get a chance at those deer. It was, well, maybe next time, maybe we'll get them next time. And, and thankfully one of my buddies actually hit it. Um, actually it was my buddy's mom who had hit an eight pointer. So I asked him, I said, would you be interested in going and helping track this thing? And he, he was super excited. Yep. I'll ask my mom. And so we went and, and tracked this deer and he was, he was right on every blood spot. I mean, he was, he was like a bloodhound and he, yeah. I mean, he was looking hard and we never did find it. We ran out of blood, but he, he's like, well, mate, what if we went a little bit further up? There's a deer trail here. Maybe he went this, way. maybe he went this way. It's like, well, we'll wait till tomorrow and, and see what happens. And so, yeah, he never even, he never wanted to stop at all and we look for probably three hours oh man that's that's awesome man i uh I, you know that's the that's the kind of kid that you definitely want to continue to put that work into i mean everyone you got to put work into all of them but you know those special ones like that that have that interest they've got that mindset um that's somebody that you're going to be able to mentor and and he's going to be able to mentor it sounds like um you know and i mean you know i took i took my brother's kid out hog hunting and Hog hunting's a little less stressful. It's more like waterfowl, in my opinion. Um, they do obviously scent is kind of important, but not a huge, huge deal. Just because the place we go is a farm and they work the field often, so they are used to human scent being like in that general area. So I wouldn't say it's like a make or break that you have to have scent under control. But I took my brother and his son, and <laughs> I get it, man. I mean, especially. You know, I'm not even, it's not even, uh, I mean, I do it and stuff, but obviously I don't have an organization for it, but taking kids out is, is definitely, for one, I, I found that if you can get them out for more than a couple hours, that's a win, because normally, you know, after an hour or so, they're ready to go, especially if not seeing anything, um, and then the phone, I've noticed like a phone or tablet seem to be, especially in the blind or, or things like that, they definitely want to be like a go-to to kind of distract them, and then, um, then they're ready to shoot when something immediately comes out, so, um, I've definitely been there before, man, I think moving and talking is, is the hardest thing with a kid, but, you know, I, I look back now, and I'm sure I was like that. You know, I, yep. I, I don't remember, but I know I look back now, and I'm like, man, you know, going fishing with Dad and talking his ear off and then going hunting with my grandparents and my uncle, I'm sure there was many times where even though they didn't show it, you know, I, I was the same way as your dad. You know, they never showed it. They didn't show frustration, or they never was like, man, there ain't no deer here or all these people on public land or, you know, it'd be, we'd run into somebody. My grandpa talked to him for a little bit and we'd move on. He'd be like, I'm going this way. And the other person would go the other way. That's kind of how it was. So, yeah. um, I definitely think that we were probably like that. So patience is a, definitely sounds like a huge, uh, thing that you have to deal with, with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thankfully, I mean, getting, you know, back on the turkey hunting thing again, I've, I've gotten lucky with, with the kids that I've taken out for the most part. I mean, we never really had to work super hard on, on the times where we have, we have gotten a bird. I know the first, the first year, um, I took out, uh, two kids from, from a neighboring town. Um, we gotten, I got in touch with their dad 
he said, yep. Um, my, my son, he wants to know if he can bring a buddy with him. I said, well, I said, yeah, that's absolutely fine with me. But I said, it's, I said, I can't guarantee they're both going to get a shot at a bird. Cause I said, if one bird comes in and we're, I'm going to leave it up to those two to decide who's going to get, who's going to get first opportunity. Right. And so they get dropped off and we kind of talk about it on the way out to this property. And, you know, it's, it's already starting to get light where we got out there a little late. And as soon as we get parked, we only had to walk maybe 60 yards to get into the blind up on this side hill. And as soon as we get out of the truck, there's already two of them gobbling right above where we have the blind set up. And so I told the guy, I said, okay, we got we to gotta hustle a little bit because I said they're right there already, and it sounds like they're about ready to come out of the trees. So I said we got to try to get in there as quickly and as quietly as we can, get set up. So I said when we get there, you guys go and get in the blind right away. I said I'm going to put the decoys out, and uh, we're going to see if we can get them to come in. So we get set up. The entire time these two toms are going back and forth nonstop, and, and they were, I mean, it sounded like they were 20 yards up the hill from us. And just nonstop. And so we get seven and buying. I'm calling. They're immediately responding. I mean, no hesitation at all. There was a lot of times I wasn't even done with my sequence before they were gobbling. Oh, wow. And wow. so, and I just, I kind of just stopped for a while. It's like, I know I, I, for me, with my experience, and, and this is just my opinion, obviously, you know, it's not, I don't do it professionally. I'm not a, I'm not a pro at it at all, but this is just something that, I try to do myself because I found success this way. And I try to teach it to these kids that if you're, when you're calling turkeys, you know, the first time you call to get a response, second time, if you call and they respond right away, now they know you're there. Third time you call, now they're interested, they're committed. And then from there you stop. I mean, if you keep calling, keep calling, keep calling, then eventually they might lose interest. Or they know, okay, yep, you're there. I don't need to be in a hurry because I know you're still going to be there. You call three times, get them interested, and then stop. Because now now they're curious. Well, you know, I, I heard you calling. I know you where you're at. Why did you stop? Did you move on? So now you pique their curiosity. Now they're going to come in and check out why, why so quiet. And so I told these kids, you know, I'm going to stop. And they kept saying, oh, maybe you should call again. They haven't, they haven't gobbled in a while. Maybe you should answer. I said, no, nope, no. Nope. A lot of times that means they acknowledge you, they're on the move towards you. Right. So I said, I'm just, I'm going to stop because they're moving in our direction. And then they started gobbling again. And I hit it just one more quick couple clucks and they were responding. And then they went quiet. And then just behind me, I heard, I heard another hand that came down. So now in my mind, and I'm trying not to show it now, I'm a little bit, nervous that now I'm going to have to compete with an actual hen to try to get this Tom to come to our setup. And so I'm in a calling contest with this actual hen who's a little bit further up the hill behind us. And he's this Tom, he's not responding anymore. And so now I'm getting a little nervous and we're sitting there and all of a sudden out of nowhere, this Tom comes, I mean, airborne flying in lands right on top of the Tom decoy. And stops and he's he's strutted out kind of behind a tree and the kids are okay can i take him i said no just wait wait for him to clear the tree and so he cleared the tree I said, can i take him now i said no no i said let him get a little bit further away from the decoy because i said i put enough pellets in that thing i'd rather not put any more in and 
I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just do a real quiet, quick call to get him to stretch his neck out. And I said, when he stretches his neck out, let him have it. And so I, I hit the call a couple times and he stretched his neck to gobble and boom, kid made a perfect shot, dropped him, flopped around a little bit and immediately turned around. He had an ear or he had a grin from ear to ear. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting behind him and his buddy, just my hand is shaking. Like I got buck fever and I wasn't even the one really hunting. I mean, I, I had the shakes. I was super pumped. My adrenaline was going, I'm, I'm excited as these kids are. And we get out and he never stopped grinning. He's calling his mom. He's calling his dad. He's calling everybody. And I said, well, it's only about eight o'clock. I said, we can, we can go to another spot. Let this spot kind of cool down. I said, well, I got another blind set up on a different property. We can go check that out for, for this other kid. Like, yep. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we get in the truck go to this other spot just down the road, get set up in the blind. There's a couple of turkeys calling from the neighbor's property and we're sitting there waiting, waiting. And here comes out of the brush. Here comes a wolf, actually. <laughs> wolf came across the hayfield, still in the middle of the hayfield, wow. and then went back in. A little while later came out carrying one of its pups in its mouth, still in the middle of the hayfield, turned around, went back into the brush. A little while later, came back out with a pup in its mouth, plus one following behind it. Middle of the hayfield went back in, and we never did end up seeing a turkey. But you know that that is that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, you weren't expecting to see wolves when you're turkey hunting, but you know there's sometimes there's factors that are out of your control, and you sometimes you got to take it in the chin. And that kid, he he completely understood. He said, if you got another time. Later in the season, he said, I, I, I want to come back out again. I said, I told him, I said, absolutely. I said, I, I got a few more kids that I already got on the schedule, but if there's another open weekend after I'm done with the rest of the kids, we'll get in touch. And unfortunately, the season had ended by the time I got through the rest of the kids. So never got to go back out again. But, you know, like I, like I told the other kids, dad, I said, you know, it's, you can go two kids, but it's, it's going to be tough because I can't guarantee both of them are going to get a shot. So, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's hard enough definitely with one. So, um, you know, two is definitely. But, I mean, setting that expectation, you know, putting it into perspective, I mean, that's that's what it's about. And, I mean, what you're doing is you're just starting the kindling. You know, you're just starting the kindling for the fire um, of the youth here. And, uh, you know, that's that's really all you can do is, is teach them what you can. Um, one thing I know when I was growing up, you know, we had always been told, you know, grandpa would be like, you know, when I take you, it's, it's more teaching than hunting. Um, if we get something that's great and obviously that's the goal, but it's definitely a lot more teaching than hunting. And then you're able to take that skills because I mean, I, I took the skills that I learned, um, from them and ended up killing my first deer actually without them. Um, you know, I was, gosh, probably, I don't know, maybe like 14 or 15. I mean, I might've been 13. I, I can't remember, but I, I remember, you know, getting dropped off at a spot and grandpa telling me, you know, don't take the safety off the gun until you're ready to shoot and be careful and all this other stuff. And, you know, he would, I'd climb up in the stand and I'd pull the rifle up and he'd have me load it and then he'd walk off and go to another spot. And, um, you know, back then we'd have, we had walkie talkies. So, you know, he'd leave me with a walkie talkie and, you know, that's how I killed mine. And I, I would remember, you know, when he wasn't there, I got to remember in that moment, like, Hey, 
you know, make sure you calm down, make sure you put the crosshairs right behind the shoulder, um, all that stuff. And I'll never forget that moment. It was definitely a moment I'll, I'll remember the rest of my life. And, um, you know, a, a lot of the stuff he had taught me, you know, it just, it's kindling, you know, that you're not going to teach them every little thing, but if you can teach them camaraderie and safety and what it's all about, um, that's something they can't watch on YouTube. You know, that's something mm -hmm. that they can't watch a hunting video um, or, or a hunting episode and, and really see. There are some people out there that showcase that, like I know the Penote Project, Spring Legion, things like that. But um, all in all, it's it's a it's a lot of transactional stuff. I think it doesn't really show that you know what hunting truly is about. Um, you know, so glad you're glad you're doing that, man. Now let me ask you here: um, Do you have kind of like a a sket? Like, do you kind of like run it off like a schedule where someone comes out and then you? I'm sorry, were you kind of like almost like a booking? Is it is that kind of how you do it or, you know? How For turkey hunting, yeah, yeah. I try to, you know, I always try to make it a point, you know, um, I post on our on our Facebook page that turkey hunting is just around the corner. Um, I'm now, you know, if you have a kid who's interested in turkey hunting, get in touch with me, we'll get them put on the schedule. Um, so, yeah, and, and the first year, like I said, I had I had a ton of kids just myself, so I had to to try to find a weekend that was going to work for everybody. And the second year was same thing. I had a ton of kids just for myself scheduling. So ever since then, it's like, you know, even if I don't have a ton of kids, it's still nice to get everything scheduled out. Um, and in the last couple of years, I, you know, Minnesota, the turkey hunting season starts. Well, this year it started on April 12th um, and it goes till the end of May. But with with the minnesota weather you never know what the weather's going to be like in may right, right. and 81 in the past days years, the next. <laughs> yeah and that's exactly what we've had we had 70s and 80s last week and now we're dealing with 30 degrees right now and snow um and in the past years we've had everything was starting to get green by the end of march um it just it varies year to year and i with my own experiences i found that like the mid-may um part of the turkey hunting season i found is the best you know the turkeys respond better to calling they respond better to decoying um and the weather is typically a lot nicer at that time and that kind of sparks their breeding you know like like deer they they like that cold the colder temps those cold snaps to really get the rut firing up and everything and turkeys is kind of the opposite it's more the heat the warmer it gets the more they're apt to respond to that stuff so i try to make it a point to try to get everybody scheduled as much as i can during that mid-may season um and this year i got i got four kids so far i got a few more kids that have their parents have shown that they're interested but they got to look at their own schedules um so the scheduling is definitely a huge huge part um because i you know i, I don't want to fly by the seat of my pants that hey i don't have anything going this weekend and it's thursday do you want to come out hunting well we right. got something planned this weekend you know it was a little bit too late to notice. Yeah, you know, for, and I, sure. I, for sure. I like to be organized. I'm a pretty organized person, especially when it comes to hunting. Now, do you, um, as far as like, I guess my, my next question here is, um, and then we're going to, we're going to let the listeners see where they can reach out to you at if they'd like to help. But what do you kind of, I guess what would be like, let me see how I want to word this. I guess like as far as like what you need to do what you're doing, um, you know, it sounds like you got a certain uh, number of kids that you like to um, take out and stuff each year doing different different uh, types of, of hunting and things like that. What are you kind of looking for 
from help from the community or it, you know, how people can help? Um, yeah, I, 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 a lot of times with turkey hunting, if, if you're willing to, to get in touch with me and say, Hey, I have a, you know, I turkey hunt, I have a spot that, that I have permission to turkey hunt on. If you want, if you need me to take it a couple of kids out that I can do that. And, and I'll, I'll say, absolutely. I would appreciate the help, you know, get more kids out. Cause again, when it's just me, I can only get so many kids taken out. But if I have, obviously if I have more help then that means the more kids that I, I can get, you know, involved in turkey hunting, um, or even deer hunting. I'd like to do a lot more deer hunting, but it's tough because, you know, I could take a lot of kids, um, on public land, but the biggest issue I run in with that is that for one, most of my deer hunting is on other people's property. So I really don't have my own property to hunt. So I always have to ask permission, would it be okay if I, if I take a kid out? And unfortunately, most of the time that I run into is no, I'd rather not. I'd rather you just hunt yourself, which, you know what, it's your property. That's perfectly fine. You know, I'm not going to sit and argue. I'm not going to get upset. You know, it is what it is. Um, and public land, and that's the same issue. Even my dad today still runs in, you know, he, he gets a little, uh, sketched out when I tell him, yep, I'm going to go hunt public land during gun hunting. Cause you don't know what kind of characters are going to be out there carrying around a gun. You don't know if they're, if they're the super safe hunters, you know, they, they follow all the gun safety and everything. And I, I don't want to put a kid in a situation like that where, you know, an accident could happen. Right. You know, we're sitting in a stand, we don't necessarily see anybody and all of a sudden a shot rings out and it, comes very close to hitting one of us you know that I, I mean safety is is absolutely number one priority when I'm taking these kids out I mean I I wouldn't I wouldn't want anything to happen to any of these kids yeah and well, so I mean yeah and I, I get that I mean there's definitely some characters out there but you know as, as many times I've been hunting my whole life um I've seen just about everything I think I mean obviously I'll continue to see more uh, I live in Florida so it can get crazy here especially on public land and um, one thing I've, I've noticed is, you know, if you kind of take the precaution, I know accidents happen, but, you know, from if you were to statistically look at them, and I don't want to put anybody having an accident as the statistic because it is an awful thing, but mm -hmm. the, the chances are, I mean, the, the chances are so slim. So as long as you continue to educate them, um, in my opinion, and and continue to, you know, make sure you have your orange on, uh, make sure, um, you know, when you have a blind and stuff, you know, we always, you know, would put the orange ribbon above it, like make sure you do things like that. And if you take those precautions, um, a lot of the times you can avoid a lot of things. Um, I would imagine that that's why you get the no. I mean, that, that's a huge liability, not, I mean, not just for a child, but for you, do you have to, I know you said you guys were working on getting, um, I guess, recognized by the state. What do you have to do to kind of be recognized and and do you have to get like insurance things like that i mean is that something that have you looked into that yet um we have and the insurance wise and everything being that we're not you know uh on technically we're not a non-profit or a business or anything like that we don't need anything but there's some events that we do that we've looked into that if we have if we can keep the attendance under under so many people you don't need insurance. And I, th I want to say the number is like 150 or 200 people. If you are, awesome. if you're over that limit, then you got to get insurance. And, and, and depending on what you do, I mean, if it's something like, so 
um, on July 29th, we're having our out, our first annual Outdoors in a Year Awards Banquet. And if we can get all the kids there, that's 30 kids just there, you know, say they bring both parents. So we're definitely going to be over that, that, that number limit. Um, but being that it's not, you know, we're not shooting guns, we're not doing any of that stuff, I'd have to look into seeing if I would need insurance for that. Um, I'm, I'm assuming I wouldn't. But as far as like in the past, we've done um, youth pheasant hunts that we've we've kept pretty low. I mean, the most kids I think we had out was 12, um, 12 youth hunters. And so we we didn't have to get insurance for that. And the, and the property we hunted on is actually I know it's a gentleman I've known for a long time. Super nice guy. He raises birds just just on the outside of my hometown. And um I was wondering if we needed insurance for that. And he said, no, I mean, as long as you keep it under so many people, we, we should be just fine. So we haven't run into anything like that, but if we do any more hunts like that, where we have a big group of people or like a clay, a clay pigeon shoot or something like that. And we have a ton of kids as we, as we continue to grow, that's definitely something we have to look into to getting just to make sure we're covered completely on our end in case something were to happen, heaven forbid. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's good that your state allows that. Um, you know, I know I don't, I'd have to look into it, but I don't, I mean, maybe it's just something I'm not really well versed in, but I would just imagine that something like that, you know, would require a, a bunch of red tape. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's not, um, especially if you guys are being safe and stuff. But I guess uh, my last question here for you is, um kind of what's your plan going into the future here like are you looking to get you know become a non-profit and and make this a full-time thing and you know almost i tell you what this almost sounds like to me it's it's almost like i don't know if you remember this because you know we're obviously different ages but the boys and girls club um it really reminds me a lot of the boys and girls club but for hunting Um, Mm -hmm. are you aware of of what that is yeah because we actually have uh uh, boys and Go- boys and girls club in uh, little falls so that's just a little bit northeast of of swanville which is where i'm out of i mean it's very similar i mean obviously mentor programs things like that i mean you could classify a lot of name but you know when you describe it that's definitely what it sounds like to me your your big brother going out there you know teaching people now you said you have uh somebody else that's helping you do this or you do primarily yourself um it is I would say it's probably 95% myself. Um, I know it, it kind of bothers my, my buddy Jesse who started this with me that he can't be more involved because of work. Um, and he's, he's talked about finding a different job, but I said, you know, if it ends up working where you can help, absolutely. But I, I said, by no means should you change your lifestyle or anything like that just to do this. I said, it's going to be here as long as we keep it going. I said, so Whenever you can lend a helping hand, by all means, I'll I'll take it no matter what. Well, but I mean, you are just starting out. It sounds like with this and and growing it, and you know, it's I mean, you know, you got the, you definitely got the the push behind it, and you're doing it for the right reasons. So I mean, if you just keep at it, and and uh, you know, you're doing a great thing. I mean, taking one youth hunter out and you know, like that, that boy you had mentioned, you know, taking them hunting and fishing, taking that one person out. I mean, that's a huge win for, for conservation and for him. And, you know, I mean, as he gets older, I, I still talk to people that my grandpa used to bring along with us. And, you know, now that I'm an adult, you know, I really get to meet them and, 
you know, I've got some great connections. So, you know, especially them with them being in that 15 year old age bracket, um, it's a good time, man. It's a good time. And I'm probably sure it's probably helping keep people out of trouble too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's super nice. Cause you know, the town, my hometown, when, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, I came from a small town and we only had like 2000 people, my hometown, we had a town of 350. Um, so we, we do have a very small town in there. And a lot of them know that I'm kind of doing this, doing this on my own. So, you know, any, any chance they can help, it's super nice. I mean, it's nice to be in a town where, you know, everybody's got your back. If you've got a goal for, for something like this, you know, involving the youth, I mean, you'd be amazed on how many people are willing to come out and help in any way possible. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I'm and right. it's just, it's just wild. And I'm super blessed to be, be in this area with as many people who are willing to help. I mean, because then you get in some of these bigger towns, you know, you, you might not get that, that great of a response when you're out looking for help. But around here, I mean, it's a, you essentially, you know, you know, you know, everybody, everybody knows you, everybody knows your relations. Um, so it's like one big family, you know, somebody wants to do something. You got a ton of people who are there willing to back them up. That's awesome, man. That That's great. And, and you know what? I, I'm blessed to grow up in a community very similar to that also. Um, even the community I live in now, we're, we're outside of Tampa. So, you know, we've moved to a little bit more of a family oriented area and, and uh, a lot of relationships and it's, it's a great place to grow up for sure. And I'm excited for my kid to grow up here, but um you know, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I love that you're doing this. Now, right about an hour here, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. If you got anything else, um, definitely feel free to um, jump in, man, after I, I ask this. But where can our listeners find you? Um, where can they, you know, maybe see what you got going on and, and check you out? Um, our biggest, I mean, we, we have an Instagram account, but our biggest, our biggest social media platform is probably our Facebook page. So anything... You know, if you want to stay up to date, learn anything more about the Habit Outdoors, you can check out our Facebook page. It's just the Habit Outdoors um, on on Facebook, and that'll that'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on up till up to right now. So, awesome, awesome, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you jumping on. Um, did you, was there anything else that you wanted to cover for this uh, this episode? Um, not really. I mean, if if anybody wants to wants to you know figure out how to get involved or help out in any way um we're always i'm always looking for more help i'm i'm hoping to expand you know not not right away but i mean the more people we can get involved obviously it's not about it's not about growing the brand it's not about you know me getting recognition it's about kids i mean i'm not saying you got to get involved in the habit outdoors but any any youth organization by all means i mean get out get in touch with somebody um, maybe you don't even want to get involved in an organization like that, but just get kids out in the outdoors. I mean, if, if we don't get this next generation outdoors, we're not going to have anything left. I mean, there's cities and technology is going to take everything over. We're not going to have anywhere to hunt. Yeah, I know for sure, man. They're, they're actually developing about, I think it's like 400,000 homes, not too far from me. Um, that used to be some farms and, uh, it's it's definitely expanding i mean i i don't think that there's a shortage of of lands to hunt and things like that but um you know in our lifetime at least but i do i do get worried about my son and 
you know, his, when whenever he has children, you know, the next generations. Um, but, you know, all we can do is, is keep putting that, that foot in front of the other, um, doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, we're, we're definitely here to, to help and, and, and put that out there. And, um, you know, if each small town area, I mean, you can do it in big town areas too, and it can grow. I mean, I'm sure you'll continue to grow this and it'll be great, but, um, you know, you don't have to, I always tell people, you don't have to come out the gates like, crazy and and balling you know you can you can start small take one kid out grow to the point where you do have good mentors it's it's all about the quality of it i would much rather take one to four kids out during the spring and have good experiences um than take out 40 um because at the end of the day you start taking out that amount you're going to lose that quality um, control there and what's it's going to become more transactional it's going to become more in my opinion it's just going to be um, not a lot of relationships are going to get built e- each relationship putting that time into it and stuff that's that's going to be worth it and then you get to meet kids like that that guy you had, uh, boy you had mentioned um, where you've taken him out a few times I mean he's on his way man he's he sounds like he's got the motivation and that's that's half the battle <laughs> yeah absolutely well, Carter, we you know, definitely. Have... Oh, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. You know, it's 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 great when kids come back more than one time. You know, I got a handful of them that you know I'm going to be I'm going to be hunting with them for for three years plus years in a row. So it's it's great to have kids keep coming back because that you know that's the sign that you're doing something right and you made an impact on their lives that that was positive. And obviously, it's good. You know, you'll hope you have a lot more more new faces coming around that you can you can teach and mentor and get them hooked on something as great as the outdoors for sure man i mean that that is what it's all about i mean it's it's not about anything else really i mean everything else in my opinion is minute it's it's all about teaching people educating people getting them out there experiencing the great outdoors that's license money um you know we don't need to get into politics with it here but you know primarily goes towards um, conservation and, and what it should. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a win all around. And, um, that's one more person that it sounds like to me that one boy, you've been taking out a lot, a few of these, a few of them, honestly, that you've been taking out for a few years. I mean, they're, they're going to become mentors. Um, I see them becoming mentors. I know that I used to get taken out by my grandfather and uncle and, and other people in the family and friends and stuff like that. And then, and that's the hunter that I am. Um, I enjoy, I love solo stuff. I love doing just me and myself going out there and enjoying nature, enjoying hunting. Um, you know, I've gotten into waterfowl hunting this year, so I've been doing a lot of that myself and, um, just so I can learn. But, um, I, you know, a big part of my life is taking other people out and, and experiencing them because I, in my opinion, that's, that's how I was taught to hunt, you know, like you can still do the solo thing and, and have your own goals and initiatives, but, um, you know, it, it doesn't take much to take someone out for a half day and, and teach them something. You, you don't always need to get something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Carter, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Um, I appreciate you having me. We'll definitely have to have you on again, especially after after the season. Um, do you have any anything upcoming before we, we end this episode here? Do you have anything currently upcoming as far as events or anything that you'd like the listeners to, to know? Um. Well, I mean, the turkey hunts, but, I mean, that's not really been, that's just more like we've talked about the one-on-one turkey hunting. But uh, um, July 29th, we have our first annual uh, Outdoorsman of the Year 
awards banquet. So we're hoping to make that that pretty big. We got some we got some awesome prizes for for some of the top kids. So we got we got a bunch of stuff donated, generously donated from Vortex Optics. Um, we got a twenty bird pheasant hunt for that was nicely donated by that gentleman I had talked about previously. Um, we got some some sweet uh, apparel from the Habit Outdoors. Um, we got a couple other prizes in the works and everything. So yeah, we're hoping it's going to be a really really fun time. Awesome, man. We'll we'll get us we'll get you a little box of something together and, and send it your way too to to give out to those uh, winners and recipients. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, I'd appreciate that. I think they would too. Yeah, for sure, man. But um, that's all we have, man. We'll definitely catch you on the next one, and uh, hopefully your turkey season goes well. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. You guys are listening to Hunt Link by Serviceside.